God shows up in our lives. Um, just to recap, first week we talked about God's wild presence, how God shows up uh, and, and in our lives and uh, what that looks like. Uh, last week we talked about God's wild provision, how God provides for us. Um, and anybody, if you ever, you've ever had God provide something for you? Yeah, amen, amen. And so this morning we're going to continue on in this series, Into the Wild, uh, and so we're going to John chapter 9 now. I know nobody here likes to wait for anything, right? How many of you guys, you're just really patient people, right? Yeah, okay, one person back here, Tony, he's, he's a patient person, right? Uh, I, I, will, I will just be very honest, patience is one of those things that I have to work at. Uh, I have to try uh, because my family lineage did not just pass that along to me. Right. Um, some of my family's here this morning and they, they, they're going to know some of this because uh, my uncle Carlton was a good, godly man, but he did not have a lot of patience. Right. And I went on several trips with him. I remember one trip in particular. We were driving to San Antonio, Texas from Georgia and uh, we got into Texas and Texas. It just stretches out, man. Those roads just go forever and ever. Right. It's like when you when you get into Texas and like it's 800 and something miles to the other end of Texas. I'm like, that is a big state. And so we're driving to San Antonio, and um, this was, I was like middle school, so anybody remember those old Ford Aerostars? Remember Ford Aerostar? Maybe you had one, yeah, Ford Aerostar, and, and this is one of those Ford Aerostars. It was the nice uh, 80s brown and tan colors, right? Y'all remember those? It was like all the cars had to be that color in the 80s, and so I remember um, I was in the back, and my parents were, were with me, and uh, my uncle and his wife were, was, was driving. Uh, he was driving us out, and these two cars got on the interstate, and they just rode side by side, just side by side for miles. Just miles. They would not, they wouldn't go. And, and, and my uncle, he tried to be patient. I, just, I mean, he, he really, really tried. And finally, he just, he just snapped. He broke. I don't know, something in him just broke. And he floored it. And I'm like, what's happening? And he pulls into the emergency lane. And pulls back over. And then everybody's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, but I had to get around those cars. Right? And I'm thinking, and I look back on those kind of things, and I'm like, I love my uncle, and I'm thinking, that's it. That's where I get it from. You know? And I've never done that, but I, I, I have been tempted. The temptation was there, you know. If I'd had wings, I'd have, I'd have wanted to fly over people, right? And, and so patience is a virtue that I am working at, uh, and, and probably many of you are working at that too. Um, and so we don't like to wait. We don't like waiting on trains. We don't like waiting for our order in the drive through um, we don't like waiting on hold, anybody? You like, don't like waiting on hold, right? Actually, I love the thing that they do now where you can actually chat with somebody. I've started, it's like the loophole, man. That's the best thing. Don't wait on hold anymore. If they have a chat, chat with somebody. You'll get your question answered a lot quicker, all right? Waiting at the doctor's office, right? You like, nobody likes waiting at the doctor's office. It is called a waiting room for a reason, though. Waiting in line to check out at Grow Kids over here. If you got kids at Grow Kids and you're trying to get your kids checked in and checked out, we are working on that, too. I just want to let you know we're having a lot of conversations about how to make that better experience for you. But we are people who don't like to wait, but... What if waiting has its purposes, right? What if waiting has a purpose and it does? What if waiting is part of the process and it's not just there to tick you off, right? It's not just we're not just making you wait to make you angry. It's part of the process 
to get you what you want or what you need, right? What if that's what if that's it? What if that's part of the process? And many of us, I think we understand that. See, I'm guilty of praying some selfish prayers. Anybody, you pray selfish prayers sometimes? I've, I've prayed some selfish prayers, and uh, I prayed the prayer: God, give me what I want when I want it. God, give me what I want when I want it. I've also, you know, gotten a little bit better, and then I prayed the prayer. God, give me what I want, what I need when I need it, right? That's a little bit better. It's not a want. It's a need, right? And so I'm praying, God, give me what I need when I need it. But probably many of us haven't prayed this prayer, and I, I haven't prayed it much, um, but I'm trying to, to get there. God, give me what I need even when I don't know that I need it, right? Even when I don't know that I need it, God, give me what I need. Even when I don't know exactly what that is, God, you know what that is. And sometimes that may be to wait, right? Some of us, maybe we've ever had um, those experiences where you got delayed by something or sidetracked and it's like just annoying, you know, those annoying things. But then down the road you saw, wow, you missed a big car crash, or something happened, you say, wow, I could have been in the middle of that if I had not been delayed. Anybody, have you ever had an experience like that? And you think, and then you start looking at it a little bit different and said, God, thank you for that interruption. God, thank you for that delay in my life because that delay actually has become, you know, something good. It wasn't something bad. It was something good. So, God, thank you for that because I didn't even know I needed that. Lord, you knew that I needed that. God, I didn't know that I needed some of these things, but God, you know that I need some of these things. So God, thank you for being already ahead of the game. God, thank you for already being ahead of the curve. God, thank you for already being in my tomorrow because you know what I need before I need it, right? And so that is a, that is a lesson that many of us and lessons that, that we're learning, that I'm learning, what that looks like. And so this morning, I want us to look at a story by a guy in John chapter 9. And John chapter 9 um, is it follows on the heels of two chapters, uh, John chapter 7 and John chapter 8. Um, John, in John chapter 7 and John chapter 8, you see uh, that Jesus is, uh, they're, they're celebrating the festival of booths, right? And uh, actually, we just came through that. We just came through this, this, this feast of, of tabernacle, Sukkot. Uh, it, it, I think it was last weekend, ended on the 5th, October 5th. Uh, right along the time that Israel was attacked, right? Um, and what a horrific thing that was that we saw last weekend and just over the, over the, this conflict and, and everything that's going on. So, so that we had just come through Sukkot. Uh, it ended on October 5th. And uh, so this is a story that is kind of on the, the heels of, of this Feast of Tabernacles. And the Feast of Tabernacles or Feast of Booths is where they go, they they live outside, basically. They camp out for about a week. Uh, they build these booths, and it's supposed to remind them of the time where God has delivered them uh, from Egypt, brought them through the desert, uh, provided for them. And it's supposed to be that reminder, that visual reminder, hey, I am the God that provides for you. I am the God that gives you everything that you're going to need, right? And so um, this is a, a reminder, and Jesus is meeting people, and he's, he's interacting with people on the hills of this festival. And John chapter 9 is on the hills of, of, of this festival as well. And so if we go to John chapter 9, beginning in verse 1, and it says, And as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, 
but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And Jesus declared this uh, a couple chapters earlier, too. I am the light of the world. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then, uh, then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. And so he went and washed and came back seeing. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is a wild story, all right? Because if um, I came and said, guys, if you have any needs today, I've got some dirt here, and I'm going to spit on it. I'm going to make some mud, then I'm going to slap this on your face. How many of you would be signing up to get prayed for by Pastor Ryan today? Probably not many of you, right? You'd probably be finding a new church. Said, I'm not into that. I don't know what this is, this mud bath stuff. I'm not up for that. Uh, let's, let's just skip this church and go to the next one, right? And, and so I get it, right? This is a weird, wild story. Like I, I've, I've, For a long time, I've tried to figure out exactly what's going on here. you got to understand this guy's story, though. Um, this guy's story, he's blind from birth, right? So it's not like he... Uh, had vision and then lost it, he's never had sight. He's never had the ability to see. And the disciples, they were walking by this man, and they asked Jesus the question. They said, hey, Jesus, who sinned, this guy or his parents, that he was born blind? Right? Because they had this understanding. And in, in, in their understanding, um, when someone had an issue, they had an infirmary, infirmity, uh, it, it meant that uh, they had done something, right? Uh, something was done, and so this was uh, basically God's punishment on this person. Or, uh, and so that's why they're asking Jesus this question. This is kind of their understanding. This is how this works, right? And Jesus, he says, listen, he's like, it's not because this man sinned or his parents sinned. He's like, it's because God's glory uh, this is a chance for God's glory to be displayed. This is an opportunity for God to work. I don't know if you've ever felt like that when you've had obstacles or when you've had crisis moments. Have you ever just stopped and said, you know what, this is a, a chance for God to really work a miracle, right? Do we do that? I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I'm trying to, to get better about that. Like I said, I'm, I like this whole patience thing. I'm trying to get better about that when there's obstacles or when there's moments that things have happened that I did not plan for. And uh, I'm trying to get better about saying, all right, this is, uh, this is just an opportunity for God to work things out. This is an opportunity for God to show up and do work. See, our obstacles are only opportunities for God to show up. You've heard me say that before. And I'm going to continue to say that because it's not just for your benefit. This is something I'm trying to teach myself. That when there's obstacles that stand in my way, when there's crisis moments that stand in our way, this is just another opportunity for God to show up and do his work, to do, the only, do only the work that God can do, right? And so uh, obstacles are only opportunities for God to show up. See, sometimes we are blind to what God really wants, us to, wants to do in our life. And, and that's kind of this guy's life. You say, well, obviously, because he's literally blind, right? Uh, he's, it's not figurative thing, like for many of us, where we're blind to, to certain issues because we just uh, don't notice it. We take things for granted. 
Um, and, and many of us, we do that. God wants to work works in our life, but we're oblivious to it. Remember, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Sometimes we don't know uh, that God is there. Or we, we're not sure what, exactly what God is wanting to do. And this is another one of those, those moments where we're saying, hey, God, uh, I'm not sure what's going on here. But see, sometimes we're blind to see what, what God really wants to do in our lives. There was a lady that I knew by the name of Carol uh, at a church that uh, I was on staff at, and Carol was blind, and uh, she came forward for prayer one Sunday, and uh, it was it was at the at the end at the altar call, and Carol came forward for prayer, and um, my pastor he laid hands on her, and he just began to pray this powerful prayer for God to open up her eyes, for God to give her sight. Uh, and he's just praying this big prayer, Pentecostal prayer. God, touch her, right? Bless her, God. Open up her eyes. And she says, she taps him on the arm and says, hey, pastor. She said, that's not why I'm here. She says, I need a job. I need you to pray for me to have a job, right? <laughs> Sometimes we miss things, uh, and we just assume we know what's going on. Uh, but for Carol, she said, hey, I want God to give me a job, right? If God wants to give me sight, that's fine. But if he doesn't, it's okay. I still need a job either way, whether I'm, I can see or whether I'm blind, right? So God, give me a job. And, and so sometimes we miss things. And being able to say, okay, there's obstacles in my way, we've got to be able to see them as opportunities for God to show up. So Jesus, what does he do? This, and you've got to understand, this guy hasn't even asked Jesus to pray for him. Right? Do you see that? It wasn't like the man was flagging them down. Hey, I'm over here. Right? He, they just see him, and they're actually kind of judgy. Right? <laughs> God, what? Jesus, what? 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 It, who? Who messed up here? His parents or him? Right? And they're judging this guy. And Jesus, is like, that's not what's going on at all. This is an opportunity for me to show up. This is an opportunity for God to do something in this man's life. And so Jesus, what? What he does? He just spits which is nasty, on the ground. And then he plays with it. He makes mud with it. He starts to, to it's just gross, guys. I'm, I'm serious. I don't know. I, there's, there's another way to, to talk about this. I mean, if you think about what Jesus did, then he takes that and puts it on this man's eyes. And, and I'm thinking, I would not have answered this man's prayers that way. I would not have worked this way if I was Jesus. But Jesus decided to do this. Uh, See, God, God's work will sometimes create tension before it creates transformation. Sometimes God's work will create tension in your life before it creates transformation. Anybody, you've been in the tension. Anybody, maybe you're there now in the tension, right? And you're still waiting on the transformation. Uh, and this is this man, right? Can you imagine what he's thinking? He's like, wait, what's going on? What did you just do? You're going to do what? And you want me? And, and so... This story is, is wild in this way that Jesus does this, he, and he didn't have to. He's the God of the universe, right? I believe that Jesus is God. I believe that Jesus holds all power in his hands. Scripture tells us that, that he is the God who all things were created by him and all things were created for him, him and in him all things are held together. So if he is the God who created all things, and we know that in Genesis chapter 1, beginning of verse uh, 1, that we begin to see this depiction of God speaking. And what does he do? He speaks things into existence. So could Jesus have said, hey, open your blinded eyes, and his eyes would have been open, right? He didn't have to do it that way. But for whatever reason, Jesus did it that way. And I'm sure this creates some tension 
in this man's life. It might have created tension in the lives of those who were watching this because God's work a lot of times will create tension before it creates transformation. See, sometimes we think, what can God do with me, right? Have you ever thought about that? God, what can you do with me? I'm, I'm damaged goods. I'm, I'm broken. I, I've, I can't do certain things. There, I, I have these issues in my life, and I have these setbacks. And, God, I don't, I don't know what you can do with me. Maybe that's what this guy was thinking. Maybe he was thinking, I'm, I'm damaged. God, what are you going to do here? What, do you, what can you do with me? Well, see, God does some of his best work with damaged goods. I believe that. I believe that God does some of his best work with damaged people because he steps in and he begins to say things. And this is what Paul reminds us of in Corinthians when he says, it's my strength that is made perfect in your weakness, right? It's not my strength that is made perfect in your strength. It's my strength that is made perfect in your weakness. So when you come to me and you're broken and you're damaged and it seems like that there's not much that can be done with that, that's exactly when I can step in and I can do a whole lot with very little, right? I don't need much at all. And so Jesus, he, he takes mud and he begins to place it on this man's face. Now I think back because what did God do? How did God create man in the first place? From the dirt, Right, And so this actually makes me go back and think about Genesis chapter 2 when God formed man out of the dust, right? And so Jesus is, is, is doing something very similar here, that he's creating something that hasn't been before, right? This man has never seen. This man has never had sight. And so this isn't something that Jesus is restoring to this man. This is something that brand new that Jesus is doing to this man. And I want you to think about this. This man, what, what kind of miracle this is? You said, well, it's a miracle where Jesus opens up the man's blinded eyes. It's actually much bigger than that. Because if you think about it, Jesus has to rewire this man's brain. Right? See, because if you have grown up and you've had vision, your brain has wired itself in such a way where it works, where it's like, hey, I know what things are. I know what things As children, we grow up and we have development, developmental stages that we go through. And, and, you know, our brain connects and all these, these, these parts of our body begin to learn how to work and form, right? This man never had that. This man's vision never got the chance to connect with his brain in this way. So it's not that Jesus just opened up his eyes. Now Jesus has to rewire his brain so that when his eyes are open, he's able to understand and see and know what's going on, right? Think about that. Isn't that just kind of take that miracle and make it exponentially bigger? That God is not only doing a work of his sight, but he's doing a work on inside of him, right? And so so. Jesus is, is working this work, and Jesus is doing his, his work on this man who seems broken. And Jesus rewrites re- 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 this man's brain, basically. Um, and sometimes we, we get to the point that we think, all right, God, I, I want you to give me something that I've lost. And, and this, is, this is what kind of hit me, and I, I prayed those prayers. God, I want you to give me something that I've lost. Give me Everything you think you've lost, and I will give you everything you never knew you needed, right? Give me everything that you think you've lost, and I will give you everything that you never knew you needed. This man didn't ask for this, but God gave him. Jesus stepped into his life and gave him everything he never knew he needed. He didn't know that he needed his brain needed to be rewired and everything needed to happen on the inside of his body for this miracle to be what it should be, right? 
but Jesus steps into to his life. But he asks him to do this. He says, he says hey, I, I, and he, he places this mud on this man's eyes. And what does he tell him to do? It, it, it doesn't happen right away, right? What happens? And, and having said these things, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva. And this was something that I guess I've always just kind of took for granted. I never really read, and I slowed down to read this time. Then he anointed the man's eyes with mud and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. And so he went, washed, and came back seeing. Jesus told this man to go do something, right? And he didn't even help him out. Think about this. This man has a process. Jesus said, I'm putting, I'm, I've just made some mud pies with spit, and I put them on your face. Now I want you to go find a pool that you can't see, right? I want you to go make a journey to this pool that you can't see. I want you to go walk there, and I want you to go wash in it. And I want you to come back to me. He's like, well, Jesus, at least you could have done was lead him to the pool, right? Anybody? I mean, y'all would have thought really bad about me if I'd have done that to somebody. He's like, Pastor Ryan didn't even lead him to the pool. Pastor, Pastor Ryan didn't even help him out, right? Jesus didn't help him out either. Jesus said, I want you to go wash. Well, he's blind, Jesus. Maybe you need to take him to the pool. I want you to go wash. You've lived your life this way. And sometimes this is part of the tension that, that we're in, that it requires something of us. It requires us to be patient. It requires us to trust, and it requires us to work out the process that God has put us in, right? And sometimes we want to shortcut all of that. Sometimes we want to just sidestep all of that. Sometimes we want to, you know, hit the emergency lane and just fast forward around the cars who are holding us back, right? We want to do that. And, and Jesus said, I want you to walk this process out. You know, I want you to go do the tough thing. I want you to go do the difficult thing, and I want you to walk this thing out. And he does. He goes and finds this pool. He washes in this pool. And what does it say? In just, just those words, it says in verse 7, And so he went, he washed, and he came back seeing. Right? He did what God told him to do. Hebrews 10.36. I love this, this scripture, Hebrews 10.36. And it says, For you have need of endurance. Anybody know what endurance is? Hang in there. Walk the process out. Have some patience, right? This is it. God is his wild patience. This is the wild patience that God is not only asking us to have, but he's inviting us into. God has wild patience. God is a God that works in a process. Right? Does God work in the process? Have you seen God work in the process? I've seen God work in the process. We see that when we just mentioned Genesis, Genesis chapter uh, 1, where we see God working in the process now of seven days of creation. Now, whether you believe, and I'm not here to debate this with you, whether you believe that's a literal uh, six days of creation, Right. Or if you believe that that is that, that each day is a long period of time and I, it doesn't matter. The fact is this, that God works in a process, whether it's seven literal days or it's a long period of time. God works in a process of creation. Could God had not worked in seven hours? He could have worked in seven hours. Why did God need seven days? He didn't. He could have worked in seven hours. Could God worked in seven minutes? He could have worked in seven minutes. Could God worked in seven seconds? He could have worked in seven seconds. It doesn't matter. This is how he chose to work into the process. 
And for many of us, that's where we're at. We're in the middle of the process that God is working in us. And the question is, are we going to walk out the steps he's wanting us to walk out? Are we going to trust him in the steps that he is asking us to trust him in? For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. When do you get what is promised? When do you get what's promised? After you've done what? The will of God, right? You're going to, after you have done the will of God, you get what is promised. For you are in need of endurance. You're in need of patience. God wants you, I want you to step this out. I want you to walk this process with me. Some of us, we've spent years getting ourselves into messes, right? We spent years getting ourselves into addictions, and we want God to say, rush like that, God. I want you to break that, and God can, right? But maybe he says, you've spent the last 10 years getting yourself into this process of addiction. Why don't you walk with me the next 10 years of getting out of it? Right? Right? And so for you are in need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, when you've done what I'm asking you to do, you'll receive that promise. Because I'm wanting you, I want you to have the promise, but I want you to also work in the process. I want you to see that this is the, I'm the kind of God that works in the process. The man received his sight as well as insight. Right? He received his sight as well as insight. God changed his life because... He began to look at Jesus, not as just some guy that came by that did a miracle. He began to look at Jesus as the Lord of the universe. And if you go read the rest of the story, you see that. I'm going to ask somebody to come play. And I believe this. I wrote this down. I'll redeem the time that you've lost if you'll respond with the time that you have now. I'll redeem the time that you've lost if you res- respond with the time that you have now. Right? When you look at things, God, I've lost so much. God, I've lost this, and I've lost this time, and I've lost so much, God. I just say, what do you have right now? What do you have right now? What is it that's in your hand? I feel like we talked about this last week, right? What is the provision that you have right now? You have my presence. You have my provision. Now I want you to have the patience, my wild patience, and work in the process that I'm working in your life. I want you to trust me. I want you to give your heart over to me totally. And not just the parts that are easy and the parts that are quick. I want you to give the parts that require endurance. I want you to give the parts that require time and a process that we, as we walk this out. Because whatever you think that you've lost, I've got so much more. I've got so much better. Right? Everything that you think that you need, I've got even more than you've never even known that you've needed, right? I'm that kind of God, the kind of God who steps in and does above and beyond. Stand with me this morning. What is it this morning that God is asking you to be more patient in? Where are those areas in your life where you're wanting to push and you're wanting to push and you're wanting to cut out into the emergency lanes and short